0: on, um, and maybe start with something fun, I want to give you some insight on how to win every single rock, paper, scissors thing that you do, like if you are, rock, paper, scissors a lot, sometimes when, as elders, we don't know where we are going. we just rock, paper, scissors, and we get there, why are you laughing, it's true, no, I'm just kidding, it's not that, it's not true, just, just bear with me, we cost lots, well, the Bible did, and so I came up with this idea once, and I've won every single rock, paper, scissors thing since then, and I wanted to share that with you. But I know this is going to bite me in the bum because you're going to do it against me now if we ever play rock, paper, scissors. So, but I'm willing to take that risk, you know what I'm saying? So obviously you get rock and you get paper and you get scissors, but there's this one that no one really knows about that I, because I made it up, and it's this, Chuck Norris. And so often when I'm playing with my kids where well, I want to get Steve to do what I want him to do, I just throw in the Chuck Norris, and I win every time, because Chuck Norris is the only guy that can make a Happy Meal cry, (laughs) it's true, it's a true story, so I thought, Chuck Norris is so powerful, that you kind of, kind of win, and so, why, I know, it's going pear-shaped, yeah, but anyways, and so, So what I felt like God wanted to share with us is that kind of Chuck Norris thing tonight. So like so often as Christians, we're trying to live for him. We're trying to be devoted disciples. We're really really trying to live for him. But the Chuck Norris is is something that will shift our lives. If we understand tonight, I think it will shift everything. And I think we may be missing it a little bit as a congregation. So those guys that are watching, guys in homes. Because we've been looking at our giftings and what God has gifted us with. We've been looking at how we can serve him. And the heart of Josh Jen, the heart of 412, is that every single person serves Jesus as according to the grace that he's given. So even as I look over you, as we look into the cameras, my heart as a pastor here is to see every single one of us kind of stepping into what God's calling you to in the best of ability. And we might have missed that because sometimes we're only thinking, how can we serve on a Sunday? What gifts can we fill today, and we miss the whole bigger picture if that makes any sense? So, so let's throw some. I'm going to throw kind of a question to you guys. If we've been given gifts according to the grace given by Romans twelve six, what are some of the gifts that can operate in the body right now in this meeting and in our daily lives? Throw them out, just shout whatever comes to mind. If it's wrong, I won't even acknowledge it. I'll just like, yeah, cool. What is it? Some of the gifts, prophetic, yes, healing exorcism, (laughs) out, (laughs) Uh, hospitality, what did you, what, did you shout something, oh, okay, healing, sorry, tongues, and interpretation of tongues, what about worship, leading worship, the guys did great tonight, right, and so those are things, and some have been given a greater measure of those things, some haven't, some of them. some of you guys are good at administration, praise God, I'm not, jazz, without jazz and without Abby and a few others, I'd be dead every day. Some guys have hospitality, there's many yes, but there's, and we each have our own gift, okay, and as we come together as the body, we make up the body, so we become the pinky and the toe and the ankle and knee and everything come together, that is the body of Christ, right? But God dropped something on my heart the other day, there's one gift that is given every single one of us and it's exactly the same, what? And I think if we miss that gift, I think all of those other things just fall to the ground. So every single one of us has exactly the same gift, given to the same measure, and we can use it to exactly the same measure as everybody else, and it's universal across the body of Christ. You know what that gift is? Love. And so we're we going to talk about love tonight. I know, it's all cushy and happy inside. Well, wait, it's going to get rough, folks. There's one gift, and it's love. So let's look. Let's look at what Paul, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians thirteen one to 3. We look at 1 Corinthians. And he says this, If I speak in tongues of men and angels, okay, so the uh, gift of tongues, but have not lied, if I am just a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. So let's, let's, let's p- let make that picture. So I've asked Sam Jam, you blend in well to the background there. Am I allowed to say that? was so like a little ninja in the back there. Can you, can you show us what a clanging cymbal sounds like out of beats and just horrible? I don't know if you can do that. So 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 think about this. Paul says you can speak in tongues of angels. You can have the gift of what angels speak and or even your normal language. But if you don't have love, this is what it sounds this is what you sound like to people. Well that sounded t- wonderful actually. <laughs> no, you gotta do it horrible, bro. Otherwise the whole thing falls flat. Symbol. Ah. Okay, that doesn't sound very good. Okay. <laughs> Ugh, it was hideous. Thank you. You did your good job really well. Appreciate it, man. Okay, carry on. I'm just a noisy, noisy gong or a symbol. Next, Next verse, verse 2. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge and have all the faith, so as to move mountains but not have love, I have nothing. So are we getting the picture? here? This is quite significant. It's like you can speak in different languages and heavenly languages and not have love. You're in serious trouble. You can have faith that can move mountains but not have love. You're nothing. It carries on in verses 3. If I give away all I have, so even generosity, hospitality, all these things being spent. if I deliver my body up to be burned, that's quite a significant statement. But not have love, I gain nothing. And so like what I was feeling, the Lord said to me, and I want to translate it on to you, is we could be doing all these things, but if we don't do it in love, we're actually just a clanging symbol, not pleasing to the Lord, hurting each other, and we totally miss the one gift that He's given every single one of us, and that is to love Him and to love us, one another. It's quite, quite crazy, eh? if you think about it, it's like, your love is amazing. And so, if you're posturing, worship, leading, hospital, giving, prophesying, serving, and there's no love, you're just a noisy gong, you're nothing, you gain nothing. Francis Chan, which he's written quite a few books, and he's a world-renowned speaker, and he travels the world. Um, I remember watching something on him many years ago, and he was he was at this conference of thousands and thousands of people, I think tens of thousands of people, big stadiums filled, and he was with this well-known speaker with him, and he was kind of seconding him, um, many years of experience, many built many churches and stuff, and they were backstage peeking over the crowd. And so he thought this is a great moment for him to learn from this older gentleman who loves God and who he looks up to, on the, the final preparation before he goes out and speaks to tens of thousands of people. And so he, he tapped the guy on the shoulder and he said, um, I mean, what do you do just before you go on? How do you get your final prep done? How do you, do you go through your points? Do you think about your illustrations? Do you, and this old man just looked at him and he said, no, I look around the crowd and I, I said, God, give me a love for these people. Just give me a love for these people because if I love these people, if you can give me a supernatural love for these people, you're going to do something through me and Francis Chandler, actually, in this video, he's like, he's going, ah. Oh. And in that moment, he realized he had totally missed the heart of God when he went and preached around. He, he was doing it for the eloquence of his preaching or great illustrations and that. But he missed the one true thing that could actually connect people's hearts to him. And that's just the love that God has for them through him. It's quite a thing. It's just a little thing like that can really just shift Everything in your heart, if that makes any sense. Are you guys with me? I'm very quiet. We're very excited about the Chuck Norris thing, and he just danked. And so, so let's look at, okay, so if love is so important, we need to understand what it is and what it looks like. And so 1 Corinthians 13 four, from verses 4 to 10, we just carry on with this. It says this, love is patient. Okay, so as I read this, what this did to me was kick me in the gut, really, because I'm reading this going, flap. I'm not that, I'm not that. Oh, I've got to work on that. And I think this has got to be a mirror to us. So, like, if we call to love one another and the world, in a sense, and love those who don't know Jesus, this is a great reflector of whether we are loving well. Okay, so I'm doing that for myself, and I'll mention, I'll stop mentioning the ones that I'm trying to work on right now. So, love is patient, it's kind, it does not envy nor boast, it's not arrogant next one, please, just keep on going, uh, or rude, it does not insist on its own way, I want to stop there, I'm very bad at that, I like my own way, <laughs> I like, oh man, it's so bad, maybe it's because I, I just like leading things and stuff, and we're going, and let's go, and come with me, but that's when I really, uh, it's not irritable, I'm, I get very irritable, uh, a, lot, a lot of irritation, especially standing in lines, I'm just being open with me, like I was like, oh, Abby actually reminded us, because the, the youngins are staying with me, and I'm, I'm shadowing them. And uh, I, was, I remember when we were going out, and we the first date, we were standing in that, that, that ice cream line, he was so irritated by waiting, I was like, oh, cook. And then we prepped a preach this afternoon, and they helped me, by the way. We sat around my, my dinner table, and we, they basically, this is their preach, that's what's so good. And... Uh, and and it's, so those are the things, I'm reading this, I'm going, Flap, I'm not really loving well and I, I'm insisting in my own ways and I'm really get irritable, especially with my family. So, not good. It's not resentful. <clears throat> Let's carry on. It, it does not rejoice in wrongdoing. In other words, um, if you see someone that you don't like and things are happening to them and, and they're bad and you go, yes, that's not good. That's what that's saying, okay. <laughs> but for but rejoices with the truth. I'm bad at that one too, okay? I'm quite bad at this. Okay. Maybe I should be preaching to myself. I probably am. So, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, they, uh, the partial way will pass away. Is that it? I should have just stopped before that. No. But anyways, but the point is this. Love is patient. It's kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not self-seeking. And I look at that verse and I go, I've got a long way to go to love better. And hopefully you're the same. Maybe I'm just that far gone that uh, I need more help. And then you jump to verses 13 or 1 Corinthians 13, and this is profound. So love is that thing, those things. It's probably a totality of those things. So now faith, and hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Okay, let me put this into perspective quickly. Maybe, Adam, if you want to jump in at any time where I get this wrong, you're welcome to, because your theological awesomeness is better than mine. But... In, in looking at that, no, keep it up, keep it up, thanks, sorry, dude, just keep them up until I tell you to do the next one, and that'll be, so think about faith, <clears throat> faith is a big deal, right? Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God, okay, so faith is, the reason why I'm a Christian is because I have faith in God, it's a big deal, without faith, none of us are saved, none of us are going to eternity, none of us can have peace, none of us can have hope. But that's not the greatest thing. What? Hope. Think about hope. Without Jesus and love, there's no hope. We hearing about guys dying left, right, and center. Craziness is happening all over. Hope is a big deal. Actually, hope is one of the hinges of our faith. So faith is being certain of what we hope for. <laughs> you mean like, sheesh. And he says like, out of faith, hope, and love, they abide, but the greatest of these two other things, out of these three, is love. That, that, that's a big statement right there, if I've got it right. And I was reading that going, jeez. I've go, I got to get I gotta up my game here. <laughs> God. Like, I've missed this all these years, maybe. Because <laughs> faith is a big deal. Hope is a big deal. But I, I, I want to bring this into perspective. Obviously, I'm way swinging on. Okay, just hear me. I'm way swinging. But love is a big deal as well. And it's actually the one that's greater than those two things. So let's jump to another scripture. I just want to put some scripture down and we'll, we'll 1 John 4, 12 to 20. Just to maybe bring this, this point across of love being big. Um, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And so by this we will know that we abide in Him and He in us because His Spirit has been given to us. Stop there quickly before you go on. So I think the point he's trying to make is this. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, people will see God. That's a big statement as well. Like, the way the world will meet God, and I think a lot of the way we met God was because we saw love in others that the world can't give, right? Um Okay, so by this we know. So by our love one to another, we'll know that He is in us and we are in Him because of what His Spirit has done. Verses 14, please. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Forever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in Him. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. This, this is a good cool statement as well. God is love, and whoever abides in Him loves. Uh, in in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. So stop there quickly. Just go back. Sorry. So if love is patient, kind, does not boast, is not envious, all those things that we read already in one Corinthians thirteen, and God is love, isn't He? All of those things. Yes. So the question is, have you experienced those things from God into your heart and into your life? Yes. (laughs) It's crazy, hey? And because of that, because God is love, because His attributes are being resonated through us, we abide in Him and people will see that He is in this world. It's a beautiful thing. It's just like so powerful. Um, uh, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. Because he is so, also we are in this world. Is that it? Was there more? Okay. And we sang this earlier, which was quite cool. I don't know. I didn't tell you what we were doing tonight. Hey. So it was the Lord. There is no fear in love, but by perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and ever fears has not. Uh, been perfected in love. This is beautiful too. We love because he first loved us. And so that everything's building up to this. It's like <laughs> the greatest gift that God has given every single one of us and it's exactly the same as we can love one another and love those outside the world. And that love is a mirror to us going, gee, can, can the world, can you see God's love in me as I treat you? And we're only able to love one another because he loved us first. Yo, oh, it's powerful. And so we can try until we blew in the face to love, but if his love is in us, it's going to be impossible. To love him, to, you hear what I'm saying? To love his way, not the world's way. Is there more? Uh, there we go. And this is a challenge to us. If anyone says, I love God but hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother. Uh, for, sorry, for. I should have worn my glasses. For he who does not love his brother, whom he can, uh, who has been seen, cannot love God who is not seeing. And so there's this quite big things going on here. God is love, God puts his love in us. Could someone just close that door? Sorry, that banging is really freaking me out a little bit. Just you're welcome. Sorry, love you guys at the back there. You guys are awesome. Just ADHD, and then I just follow the sound, and then we get all thrown off there. Clang symbol. symbol. <laughs> no, it's not a case. It's beautiful. if these kids are like, "You're going, great idea." Don't mess up the kids, bro. Don't mess up the kids. And so, even for me, as I as we we're prepping this afternoon, I was just like, "Yo, if I say I love God, but I've got any hatred to a brother, or I don't love them as God wants me to, do I?" Oh, this is, a, this is a lovely challenge, here. I know it's a bit heavy. Come, it's the glory of God. I think it's just something that He wants to just refresh in us tonight. So this is—I uh, want—I need to. Uh, <laughs> this is James's illustration, and I have to represent him well because he—he used all his brain capacity to to use this, and he said, "If I don't reference him, he's going to be super upset with me, and offended." Um, And so I'm going to, James, thank you for all your hard work in our preparation of this preach together. And so I just want to bring this, we want to bring this down to to just to paint a picture. And I kind of did this last week, but I want to remind us of this. The cross is both horizontal and vertical. It's it's an up, down, and a sideways. And uh, what James is saying was quite profound for a young man is God's love, it represents God's love from God to man and from man to man the cross. It's beautiful, actually, and how God made a way through his love, because he is love. He made a way that he bridged that gap between God and man, and he restored our relationship to him, but in that, our relationships, one to another, are also restored because of what Christ did on the cross, and it's a beautiful picture. Think about this. As Christ was hammered to the cross, his beard was being pulled out, crown of thorns, sign that was mocking him, clothes that were being Distributed by throwing lots and oaks mocking him. He was thirsty, they gave him vinegar, beaten, bruised, carried his own cross half the way, really just not in a good space, basically dying by his own blood filling up his lungs in a horrible way. He shouts out as he looks at all these people mocking him. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I couldn't do that. I don't think you could. have. And as he does that, what he's going is, I've made a way for my love to come down. And so that you can love one another. Yeah, that's beautiful. (laughs) And then he shouts out, is this finished? And he gives his life for us. It's crazy, and James, who came up with this wonderful illustration that I'll try to use well, and hopefully i represent him well, is it's kind of like this. It's like, we've all seen Beauty and the Beast, right? doesn't Disney show of, you haven't seen it? Well done. You've done a great job. No, I'm just kidding. It's about a story about a, a girl whose father goes into the woods, and he gets lost, and it's an animated, and the wolves get him and stuff, I think, if I can remember correctly, and um, his daughter runs into the f- f- woods to find him, and she ends up at this castle, extravagant castle, and inside the castle is a beast, and this beast is hideous and ugly to look at, and he's got a bad temper, and it seems like he's hateful, and all those kind of things, and she gets stuck with the beast, and the story goes on, and actually at the end of the story, I'm going to, yeah, you don't have to watch it now, spoiler alert for everyone out there that hasn't watched it, This, this young lady who's very beautiful actually falls in love with the beast. And right at the end of the story, he's transformed back into the prince that he actually is because he was under a curse. And if you think about it, we are the beast. (laughs) And as Christ hung on the cross and there's nothing we could give him and nothing, no love shown to him, he loved us in our state and was willing to give his life up for us. But in the same way, there are beasts amongst us as well and it's, really easy to love those who love us. It's a whole other story to love those who we don't love. And there are people in our lives that are like beast-like to us. Yeah, it's just, honestly, there's some people right now that are irritating the living daylights out of me. I know, being a pastor, I know, you say as a pastor, you shouldn't say things like that. But there, oh, I'm just being honest, I'm so, really battling to love some people right now. I know, I know, Steve, I was going to bring it up, but now that you have. <clears throat> But the point of the story is this, if Christ could do that for us, then we and his love is in us, and he is love, and he's given us this gift of love, then as we experience those beasts in our own lives, we should ask them to help us love. Because love breaks that barrier down, and as soon as love comes, we see past all those insecurities and brokenness and, and things from the past, and we actually see the person that God created. Does it make sense? Like It's just this beautiful picture of what the cross is. Does. I'm gonna start drawing to an end pretty soon. So love isn't easy, and Luke 6 talks about that. Luke 632 um, says this. If you love those who love you, what benefit is it for you? Even sinners love those who love them. It's quite a it's quite a thought, eh? Hey? Like Sorry about the archives, guys. I can see you battling their rubs, but well done. you fighting a good fight. It, <laughs> and if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. So he's drawing a distinction here. He's going, guys, even the world can love. Even the world can help. He says, and he says, if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners To get back the same amount. But then he goes on to say this we're different. He's saying we're different. But love your enemies, do good, and lend. Expect nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. Oh, when I read that, my heart melted. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. And so what he's saying to us tonight is this. it's like, hey, just be like me. know, <laughs> I love you, You know what I did for you, how I gave my life for you, how I love you daily, how I am um, <clears throat> full of mercy towards you, slow to anger, give you time after time after time, tries to come back to me. He's going to do the same. Do the same. It's crazy, hey? It's like this wonderful thing. And I think if we get that, we're going to be able to serve so much better. And so when I was, when I was a little bit younger and I was pastoring I somewhere else, um, or youth pastoring somewhere else, I had, I had a friend of mine who was helping me and um, I had a bit of a weakness with... Um, some things, and I just kept on warning him, hey, just be careful, don't, don't do anything stupid, don't meet with girls alone, don't, 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 and it came out that he didn't listen and uh, actually started, ended up sleeping with one of our teenagers, and it became a massive thing, and I lost half our youth group, actually left the church, it became a mess, really just a mess, um, and what made that even worse was eventually he turned around and it was my fault that he had done that, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I warned you. like. And I took such offense to him, and I just hated him so much. I'm just being honest. I just, every time I saw him, I just wanted to let him take him out. And it just caused so much hurt in the church, and just so much, like, it just, yeah, it was just, ah. And I remember for month after month, even to, to, to a degree, years after, all I wanted was him <laughs> to crash and burn and for God to just take vengeance on him and just sort him out. You know, like, and I remember I was just walking to work once, walking to the church, and like I really, or the Lord rebuked me. I was like, Brett, your heart is muff. I'm like, oh, yes. I, I'm, a, I'm allowed to be muff. He was like, and he's like, no, you're not allowed to be muff. You're not allowed to want the worst for this guy. You have to love him. He's your brother in Christ. He's made a mistake, but he's your brother in Christ. He's hurt me. Yeah, but you hurt me. <laughs> and there's this whole, And eventually the Lord just said to me, listen. And he used the scripture. He said, if you do not get this right right, you're going to be like the older brother in that prodigal son story. And the younger brother is going to come back. He's going to come. He's not losing sleep. You are. He's going to carry on with his life. You're not. And he said, you're going to be that older brother that's going to be lost if you don't get your heart sorted out. So sort yourself out. You know, I was like, And I'm like, everything in me is just wanting to. You. I'm just sharing the story because you might have this in your life. Everything in me just. Ah. And I remember that one day I was just I walked up and I was like, dude, I, I just love you. And you've hurt me, but I want to forgive you. And it was the horrible, most horrible thing I ever did because I was like, ah, it's what's got kind of, to just get punished. And as I did that, and over the next months and years and weeks and whatever, God restored our relationship to the point that he's in Joshua now, actually. And when I see him, how's it going? What's God doing? <laughs> Amazing. And it's, it was a long period for me, and I, was, I should have actually learned quicker. But God did something, and he taught me something about it how his love for me should be the same love for those who are enemies. Does it make sense? And from the love there, and I was really going to start ending now, um, Stephen Kendridge, who wrote that book with his brother, says this, The only way love can last a lifetime, and if it's unconditional, the truth is this, love is not determined by the one being loved, but rather by the one choosing to love. And I think that's the that's there wasn't that quote wasn't there when, when God was doing that in me, but I think that's the point. <laughs> love isn't determined by the one being; it's the one that choose. I choose to love Steve because he's my brother. I choose to love James. I choose to love Carl. I choose to love Victor, even no, though he doesn't know who I am when I phone him. <laughs> really hurt. No, just kidding. It's like I phone him. Who's this? It's Brett. Who's Brett? I'm your pastor. No, I'm your friend. The guy that. Loves you. Oh sorry, sorry, you don't phone me enough. You should phone me more and I'll know who you are. I'm like good one, but you got me, man. I'm like what <laughs> But it's it's me choosing to love Victor regardless of who Victor is and what he says to me on the phone. That's the important thing. Um So maybe we, and Jody threw this in. So this is, a, this preacher's like just everybody throwing their own things in. Ephesians 3, I think it was. And we're going to end here. Ephesians three, fourteen to 19. As we end, uh, it says this, Ephesians 3, four. Hi, should we carry on? Not carry
1: on? Yeah,
0: it's like a prayer. We'll end with this. And just, we'll read it first and see what God does. And as we were chatting, just the elders got together go quickly on WhatsApp this afternoon just to get it, because we all spread out around the wherever. Um, Jody really felt this was a prayer. This is a great way to end at this moment. Um, it says this, For this reason I bow my knee before the Father, to whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that it surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. It's just so beautiful. It's like... And the context of that is the manifold wisdom of God has been made known through the church. And then it goes on to say, and because we know this, the church is a vessel for the presence of God to bring the manifold wisdom of God to the nations, (laughs) love may be fulfilled through us. And it's this ability that only God can give. And so as we end and as we go into the rest of the evening and into this week, what our hope is. For us as a congregation is this, that Christ's love that he has for you and how you've experienced that will help us love one another, even our enemies, <laughs> even those who might not deserve our love. And so I want to pray for us as a congregation, for those guys who are watching on Zoom and upstairs, that, that something of God's heart will take hold of us tonight. That we'll stop wanting what we want. And we do have different gifts and we need to be using them. But the greatest gift, I believe, and the greatest power of God on this earth is loving one another. Does it make sense? And so I'd love to just pray with us. Just love to just maybe wait on the Lord. And maybe you're sitting here going, Brett, you don't know how hard that person's hurt me. Maybe I don't, but I've been hurt myself. The most freeing thing that we can have to one another and actually to reach the world is just to love one another. And so let's pray and let's just be led by the Holy Spirit and just see what he does in this moment. Father, thank you that we could be here tonight. Thank you that your, your, your word is living and active, that you're calling every single one of us, Lord, whether we're young or old, English, Afrikaans, got hair or don't have hair fat, thin, light-skinned, dark-skinned, growing up in different places of the world, even, Lord, we could come tonight with one unifying fact, that you love us with everything that you are. And Father, you're willing to give your son Jesus to die for us so that we can experience the love of the Father. And Lord, as we come before you tonight, Lord, we pray that your spirit will be upon us that you will help us love one another. Lord, that our love will transcend this building, although we won't only be wanting to serve on a Sunday, but Lord, we will be, we're wanting to serve on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Lord, that you'll strengthen us somehow, as Ephesians 3 says, that we strengthen through who you are, <laughs> that we might love one another in the way that you love us. That we will serve wherever we go, whether it's the shops, sports field, work, school, university, wherever it is. That your love will shine through us. That we will be your hands and feet once another. And Lord, we know it's so hard to love those that are unlovable. but we want to ask as a congregation that you will give us that grace in in abundance, Lord, that as we as we lean on you, as we reflect on your love for us, that you will help us love those people. So maybe where you're sitting right now, or if you're standing or lying down or wherever you are, maybe just a few moments, just you and the Lord, just say, hey, Lord, first of all, I want to experience your love afresh. Maybe you're going, brother I haven't experienced God's love. Ask him. He's a good father. And just where you are right now, just go, God, I want to experience your love again. Just help me understand this love that transcends knowledge. Just do that right now. And Lord, as those are praying that it might not be experiencing love, Lord, that you'll just pour your love upon them right now, Lord. Their grace and their mercy, their forgiveness, the hope. All those things that you, your love brings to us, Lord. That you'll take away the fear of judgment and turn to condemnation, Father. There'll just be such a, freeing, a freedom coming upon them, Lord, right now. Just surround them and envelop them in your presence. And then secondly, just ask the Lord to highlight those who you need to love more. (laughs) Maybe even as I've been preaching, even share that story of that person that hurt me in church. Maybe just say, hey God, that person, I want to help me love them. Help me reflect you to them better. Help me love those who are my enemies. And Father, I pray right now, even as they're asking for those names and they're praying those names through, that you'll give us boldness, Encouraged to take the first step, to put our pride aside and what we think we deserve, Lord, and that we could just humble ourselves, Lord, just to love those who you're highlighting us to love. Lord, but for a reason. Lord, we want to see them come into the knowledge of you as Lord and Savior. Lord, we want to see them filled with your Spirit, filled with love and mercy themselves, Father God. Lord, if they have hardened hearts or if there's any brokenness or hurt in them, Lord, that you'll just... You'll dissolve that, Lord, that you'll do a deep work in them as we reach out and love. So, Lord, even in this week that we hear amazing testimonies of your love going out through us. And we'll see you moving even more mightily in our congregation. So help us, Lord, with that. We need your help. We can't do this on our own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So hopefully that was helpful, Some, maybe a little bit of a different view on gifts <laughs> and what God has given us. And uh, really just trusting with you um, that we'll win on this, get this done, you know. So it feels, a little, it feels a little heavy in here, in a good way, you know what I mean, like glory. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just, this has been such a challenge for me as well over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's just... And I think if we can find freedom as a church, oh, I think we'll explode. Eh? Uh, not only one to another, but into the world, into, into reaching the last, you know. And so, be encouraged. And I think we'll just end there. I think, uh, good, happy? Any comments or questions, you're welcome to share. Um, even just a quick thing, and I know, I don't want to steal a thunder, but I think last week, was it last week, we gave two words of knowledge to two of the community groups. Was that last week or the week before? So a week before. And this week, so many amazing things have happened in those home groups. Like, specifically for what God, it was amazing, and uh, Wesley was one of them, and we're gonna, he was away this weekend, but we're going to ask him, he spoke in tongues for the first time on Wednesday. And the word for their come was that God is going to start moving more mightily in the Holy Spirit. And how cool is that? It was just like they had a worship time, yeah, and I know Carl's upstairs, and he was leading it for us, I think. He was leading it for us. And it was just an amazing thing. You're welcome to come to the, if you want to say something. Um, and it just, and I got the message. I spoke in Texas the first time. I'm like, yes! In the start of what God was doing. And I know Yilton dia I think they come is also watching. And um, he's been at a major pressure of business. And he messaged me this week going, and I think the word was, um, if I can remember correctly, God's going to strengthen your legs and you make a way. And, and, I, and I think he sold one of his businesses, which will give him a lot more freedom to serve the Lord as He wants to. And this, there's things happening in those groups, which is a really amazing. So I just want to encourage you guys with that, and we'll get them to share when they're in the building just of what God's doing a little bit more in depth. But God is moving, He's working, and He's doing amazing things. Share, young man.
1: Um, yeah, I would, have, I would have loved to have shared when Wesley was up here, but just a testimony from our own walk. Um, when I came and had a... We do like a... Uh, church visits at TMT, Um, and we came to Meet PM, actually, the one evening, and Brett just opened the floor to those that were wanting to actually speak in tongues for the first time, and I know Uncle G was there, and he prayed with me, and it was the first time um, that I actually started speaking in tongues as well. It was probably around there, Um, and it was was incredible, and I think there was a massive shift in my life after that. and, yeah, Uncle G, just encouraged me to keep practicing and training in that. Um, so, yeah, the, it's just an awesome testimony, and, and, yeah, just glory to God for that. But uh, the Lord is, is doing awesome things here. Uh, so I want to encourage you to, to keep being faithful, and thank you. I
2: was just thinking of um, Scripture that says, uh, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Jesus gave everything and um, so we busy getting stuff rearranged in our lives probably me the most and uh, Victor and Lorinda are great friends we we live quite closely now and um, one of the things that I'm very switched on to is aesthetics very much, because I'm a creative, and there's a creative too, and and he helped me to realize that you, you know, Nick, if it's velvet couches and whatever else, and that's just going to make your wife happy, then for goodness sake, just get over it. <laughs> he, he didn't put it that way, but he kind of did, and, uh, you know, Christ loving the church that he would, would lay everything down and, and that's the standard for for us as men and, uh, and then I realized that I'm holding that thing as a huge idol uh, so you know to walk into the house and like to have the painting hanging exactly where it should hang and that everything should be at the correct angles and all the rules within interior decor and all that it has to be right according to me I'm now having to say it just doesn't matter. <laughs> and it's it's hard. I tell you now, it's very difficult. <laughs> and then there's a swap shop thing that happens and new stuff comes into our place and it's like, oh my crikey, like I don't know what to do now, but this, I don't even know if that will work, but you know, Pam dropped something off the other day again for Mariska and wow, I don't know. I'm just... Like, honestly, uh, I know Josh Jen's all about, you know, living to die and, you know, and <laughs> dying to live and whatever. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm being undone, man. <laughs> I've never been held to this level of accountability either, and it's a good thing. I'm just being very dead honest. It's, it's <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I think Abby knows more about me now like than anyone else. <laughs> and all my shortcomings and everything else. But it's a good thing. <laughs> so um yeah. Uh we're heading in the right direction, I believe. And uh yeah, you know, God is good. But I'm I'm realizing that that this love thing that that Brett's been talking about, you know, the standard of love is just it's your <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm coming to like new revelations at the moment, to the point where it's like even the things that are so incredibly dear to me, just let it go. Let it go, because this is my standard, Nick, to you. That's God to me, <laughs> and that's it. So yeah, it's a good place to be. I think um, what, Nick, what Nick
0: was saying is so true. I think because we see so much on you guys and we want to trust with you, that accountability is our love to you, which is amazing, and God's love to you through it, you know. And so, can I pray for you and your your bookie? we like just to you. Maybe, um, maybe this is a good thing just to highlight for other couples. Maybe you're watching. You guys are straining as a marriage, um, and marriage can be tough. Um, even Abby and myself, we uh, go through our times. <laughs> but it, it's. Yeah, just so that we can love Christ more and love each other more and be a good representation of that. So maybe if you're married and you want prayer, maybe stand where you are. If you're in the homes, just hug each other or whatever. Um, and maybe even here, yeah, if you guys want us to pray for you, stand in faith. You don't have to. Don't, if you want to, you guys can't stand. You're not married. That's weird. And let's just pray. And we're going to pray for you as well. Just as um, cool. Hey, there we go. Wow. You guys are like in the, in the same mind. You come stand next to him. You guys are married. Sam, you're welcome to. Your... <laughs> are we praying for a wife? Okay, Kiff, we can do that. Wasn't what I was going for? Oh, no, another one over there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, here we go. Okay, you guys have taken what I wanted to pray, and we've twisted it now. Awesome. Laka, I'm, st- Babes, are you watching at home? <clears throat> Let's, I'm standing for us as well. And just that I love, that is, we're, I mean, marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. and I mean, if we get it done well, we're going to represent Christ well, you know. So, Father, thank you for these moments, even just... Trying to follow your spirit and what you're wanting to say as we, as we spend time with you, Lord. I want to pray for our marriages. I want to pray for Nick and Mariska and just um, what you're doing in them. And Lord, for the rest of us that are standing, um, Lord, that you will really just do a deep work in us, Lord. That in marriage we will love our spouses as you want us to, Lord. There will be mutual submission one to another, Lord. As husbands, that we will love our wives as you, Christ, loved your church. You gave your life down for her. You died for her. Lord, that we will die for for our wives daily. Lord, that we will represent and be Christ's uh, Christ likes to our wives, Lord, and for our wives, Lord, to reciprocate in love. Um, and Lord, that we'll just see strong marriages coming out. This. As we love one another, Lord, that we will be able to love those around us, Lord. I want to pray for those two young single guys and maybe more who want to get married, Father. Lord, do they know what they're asking for? We don't know, but Lord, we pray for the right lady to come along, Lord, um, for Sam and for Josh, Lord, that you will bless them with a wonderful wife. Um, Lord, that that you will just do such a work in them as well. And so, Lord, we want to thank you for the standard, as Nick said, that you are asking us to live by. And Lord, we really know that we can't do it without your Spirit living in us. And so, Lord, we want to pray for your Spirit again to come upon us in this moment, that we will live above reproach. And that we'll be a great example for the world around us, Lord, as we love one another, even through hardships and through dying to self and all these things and accountable one to another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're trusting. God went and did a whole other cool thing there. Love you guys. Have a lucky rest of your Sunday. Guys visiting us on Zoom and at home, love to to you guys as well. And uh, house music. Amen.